You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 149 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you on this Monday evening. Guys, we're a quarter of the way through the NHL regular season. We just passed American Thanksgiving. How are we doing on this Monday evening? Doing good. The devil's back on a winning streak, so couldn't be happier. How many, how many in a row is that now, Case? Are they going to get two. to the 13 again, or what? It's two. I don't think they're <laughs> going to get to uh, 13 anytime soon. Can you imagine two 13-game winning streaks in the same season? And then on the 14th game of that one, they recall six goals, and the goalie pushes the net <laughs> off the moorings a couple more times. Yeah, Did you so see we- that scandal going on in uh, Dallas? Like, Or not Dallas, Minnesota. Everyone calling out Matt Murray about that stuff. Yes, for sure. And like goalie related too. Did you see like kind of unrelated to what you're talking about? But did you see Hellebuck go down with his bucket off in yeah. in uh, overtime there? And then like they scored and it counted. And they were like Hellebuck was like, "What the hell?" Like I was in danger. But anyway, Case, can you just say who beat the Devils? Who ended their 13 game win streak? The refs and New Jersey <laughs> Devils beat the Devils. The other team that won did not deserve a win in that game. I knew you were going to say the refs. Uh, boys, I'm doing well. I'd be doing better if I didn't have a splinting headache. Like, it's been a just a brutal long day of nonsense. It's exam season coming up, so this week is just going to be super stressful. Taking next week off of the podcast, just letting everybody know because doing exams, not going to have time to edit and stuff. I've got four in the span of five days. That's going to be torture. But then after that, I'm done on the 9th, and I am looking forward to the holidays. I have my uh, 2020 convocation that was rescheduled to this year. I'm finally going to you know, walk across the stage and get my diploma. That's on the 15th. And uh, also on the 15th, I'm not going to spoil it yet, but we have something interesting coming up. We've got a nice little uh, partnership, and that's all I'll say to, to tease that. But Harper, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, great to be back on with you boys. Uh, Case, sorry that the that the losing streak ended. And honestly, I feel like this uh, this team can never lose again, or the fans are just gonna have a shit fit and and be <laughs> either throwing beers on the ice uh, in New Jersey or on their basement floor or whatever, and uh, and just have a field day with that. But uh, no, no, it's, it's not uh, the losing. Well it's... And, it's how it happened. Uh, like if I wouldn't have thrown anything on the ice, but I can get the frustration. Like even if you think all three are goals, it's still so frustrating to be a fan and watching that happen. Like, man, I can oh, imagine. Absolutely. Like, I can imagine, especially like they've sold out the last few games and a sold out crowd waiting for a, a franchise record to be broken, and then that happens. It's like I get the frustration and I like the passion, but that's not really the way to do it. And I mean, like, sorry, I see to cut you off. No, that's okay. We see goals get called back all the time, and not to stick with this for too long, but I feel like it just, it was increasingly more frustrating with the fact that that losing streak, or or, sorry, that win streak was at stake um, in that hockey game, so absolutely. But anyway, 
kind of got off topic there for for a sec doing good can't believe we're at the end of november here and the holidays are coming up before we know it we're going to be doing our world junior preview episode and all of that so exciting things to come and yes chad that very cool new sponsorship that we've got coming down the pipe as well so exciting things to come and uh yeah all as well so why don't we get into a little fantasy corner guys and uh case we'll uh we'll start with you this podcast is sponsored by liquid iv Winter is back, and whether you're playing pond hockey or nursing an eggnog hangover this holiday season, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's made with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors too, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH. That's 20% off anything when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the ticket app SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes all the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Oh, I had a brutal week. My team sucked the other guy's team it was emerson emerson's team was great that's all i can really say um he has a decent team yeah one i'd like to blame this one on the province of alberta i'll blame it on all the province of alberta if you're in alberta listening to this it's your fault okay um the main contributing factor to him smoking me this week 215.95 215.95 to 167.85 is Darcy Kemper, 20.6 points. Vitek Vanacek, 21.6. My goalie is Jacob Markstrom, 9 points. Uh, Stuart Skinner, negative 0.4 points. Thanks, Alberta. Yeah, that'll get you. Stuart Skinner is a guy who, like, his fantasy value kind of rose really, really quickly. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of just been meh, as the Oilers have also been meh. Like, I think they're like 500 right now, and they're kind of surprising some people. Like, we thought they would be a lot better. Yeah. Big win Four for and five. the Rangers over the weekend, and and a big win for Jack Campbell. If if anyone needed a win as a goaltender, it was that guy. Uh, so I think I like if I'm not mistaken, they're at like eleven and ten or something like that now. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy, like the amount of teams who are hovering around five hundred, but are like in a playoff spot or like you know like just above a playoff spot or just below. Like the Leafs are, you know, if you if you count. If you count overtime losses as a loss, which they are, but like in the standings, you get a point for them. But the Leafs are essentially like two games above 500 and they're in, I think, fourth in the league right now, which is just like it's ridiculous. It's just because of the loser point that they're up there. But yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of parity in the league this year. You know, you can't say anything other than that about the NHL this season. It's been 
pretty good to watch. But back to fantasy, um, I wanted to highlight my week last week just briefly because, um, you know, I don't like to kick guys when they're down. Remy, Will Nye, the scoring guy, Will Nye, the science guy, had a terrible week last week. I don't think he set his lineups after Monday because it was just a bloodbath all week. 225 to 144 um, is how it finished. The projected numbers were actually almost identical to that. I was projected 226 uh, to his 137. So it was a route right from the start. I had a lot of good uh, players who performed for me this week. And number one for me was Timo Meyer. He had 35 points, which is just an incredible week. But then, you know, some of my other horses like Hellebuck, uh, Matt Murray, who else? Like Brad Marchand, uh, JT Miller, they all had almost 20 points or more. Same with Bo Horvat. So just a great week for me. I remain in first place. Kuznetsov's third line, by the way. I wanted to kind of just take it away from me and go around the league a little bit. Kuznetsov's third line. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but they've yet to lose a week. They haven't lost a matchup yet. They're 7-0, and same as me, but their points for totals are are lower, obviously. And it's my buddy Jacob uh, from school. And I did not know going into this fantasy league that he was this consistent of a fantasy player. I actually thought it would be my other buddy from law school, uh, Book Hockey, my buddy Connor, that had the better team at first glance out of the gate. But Kuznetsov's third line, by the way, great name. And uh, his team has been fantastic so far. Also have to shout out, Case, um, because you mentioned it, you played uh, the better of the two Cody brothers last week. Uh, his team, Hattrick Swayze, is is pretty hot. They're five two and zero, sitting in fourth place right now, and he's got a good squad. But Hart, before I, I pass it to you, you know, I, like I have oh, to bring this go. up. I have to bring this up. I have to tell the people that there's a trade today in our fantasy league, and. In my opinion, I think it was the worst fantasy hockey trade to ever occur. At least uh, the worst fantasy hockey trade to ever occur. That was a one-for-one. One. Ryan Pollock, okay, is traded one-for-one one for Moritz Sider. And our very own Harper Cody receives Ryan Pollock in that one-for-one one deal. So I just wanted to give a couple numbers before I let you guys chime in on this. A couple numbers about this trade. First of all, Moritz Sider last year finished ninth in our league in terms of total fantasy points among defensemen. And I posted these in the group chat for, you know, whoever is thinking, oh, I've heard this before. I've heard this all before. Ninth in fantasy points. Ryan Pollock finished 95th. Wasn't even close. Moritz Sider was a second round pick this year in our fantasy league in a 20 team league, mind you. So second rounder, you know, that's a I think I can't remember exactly where Harb got him. But in the 30s, Ryan Pollock, 13th rounder, OK, into a 20 team league. So I don't know what the math works out to, but the fact that I can't do it that quickly in my head is ridiculous because that's how late he was picked, okay? And they were swapped one for one, although they're within about five spots of total ranking right now in the league, like for, for their seasons up to this date. Moritz Sider has better numbers in every single category 
essentially when it's averaged out on a per game average. Plus, Moritz Sider was ranked number five amongst defensemen in Yahoo's preseason draft rankings. Number five, okay? Ryan Pollock was outside of the top 100. So all of that to say, Harp, you got absolutely fleeced. And you should be asking me to be more of a dictator commissioner because if I if I were that, if I were some sort of dictator commissioner, I would have vetoed this trade, you know, yesterday. But I'm not going to, and it pains me not to. But, you know, I just love the free market in fantasy hockey so much, and I think you're going to really hate the fact that you made this trade. What do you have to say about this? Justify your reasoning in making this trade here. Well, look, it's no question that the Meathead Hockey Club, Luke and, and Alan, are two good buddies. They wanted this player. They've got a few Red Wings on uh, on their squad already. And so um, we were we were back and forth a little bit with with deals and whatever. And uh, look at you know what I had a I had a very strong back end going going into the season. Um, you could even say stacked. And um, you know, Ward Cider has has had a bit of a it's had a bit of a slow start to the season, and uh, but thank goodness for guys like Devon Taves and and Mikhail Sergachev. For Sergachev has almost had a point a game, uh, and I think Taves has twelve in his first seventeen. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand that it's a bit of a head scratcher to to you and to the both of you and to many that you know. I would I would make this deal. We did Luke and I and and Alan. We did go back and forth a little bit about some forwards to to put in there, but just couldn't couldn't find some common ground. And you know they were interested in a couple of guys that I had that I didn't want to part ways with that were starting to heat up a little bit, and vice versa. And um, look at I I know that uh, Polak may not put up the points that Cider does and is a little bit older and, and all of that, but he is still an elite defender, and uh, he will be a really nice addition on an already uh, strong back end that still has Sergachev and Taves after all of this. so you know, um, you know that you can play all four D at the same time, right? You don't have to do line changes and stuff. You, could, <laughs> you can have four good defensemen. Harp's playing this like it's real life, and he's like, you know, uh, Moritz really needed a change of scenery, and, um, you know, there's a connection there. They're the GM of the Meatheads. He's a, he's a big wings, uh, Red Wings guy, so, you know, there's a connection there. I wanted to spark that connection. Maybe a change of scenery will do better for him. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Harper. Um, the fact that Luke, the, the manager of the Meatheads, is a Red Wings fan, that puts the ball in your court. That gives you the leverage. You could have gotten more for that player because you know that he's interested, right? Like, okay, so that's one. Number two, and this was something funny that Jacob said in the group chat, I just wanted to repeat. Noah Dobson is the PP1 guy in in New York for the Islanders. It's not Pollock. It's Noah Dobson. So, like, 
are you you can't bank on power play points i just don't like to me this made absolutely no sense and i just want to i just want to grab you just you know <laughs> i like i don't know what else to say man it just I, when i saw anyways. this deal like just be lucky that i'm such a nice commissioner okay and there's no veto such a rules. nice commissioner there's literally like plans to storm the palace by the people in our group chat <laughs> right now <laughs> the yeah. benevolence of me not making a veto rule like God, some guys, some teams are so lucky. Anyway, oh. anyway you know what? I, I think uh, it, it this trade serves both sides, and uh, you know, as we as we continue the season here, may come back to bite me a little bit, but um, you know, I, I do like Pollock, and uh, and and again, I'll go back to this, guys. Like, let's not forget that. The Sunnyvale Hockey Club still has Sergachev and Devon Taves back there. So <laughs> it doesn't change anything about the trade <laughs> at all. <laughs> like if that's the case, you know, not to dwell on this, but if that w- were trade the case, trade for a forward. Trade for a forward. Bolster the other parts of your lineup that need bolstering, and use your strengths to to build strengths in other areas. Like what? What a brain. D- okay, I'm not. Sorry, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, okay, I'm done with Fantasy Corner Harp. I just want to let you know that that deal really made me scratch my head. That's all. That's okay. I get it. I get it. Anyway, we'll we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out. But um, I I I don't I don't feel that it's gonna that it's gonna blow up at me as much as everybody thinks. So all right, anyway, there we go. But. Uh, just before we wrap up with Fantasy Corner, you mentioned Jacob and 7-0. and He's got a really good team. No one knows uh, that better more than, than me because I played him last week, and he crushed me. And so, um, yeah, and, and he's got some big producers. Like Jason Robertson, I think, had 37 fantasy points last week. He's just playing lights out for the Dallas Stars, scoring goals left and right, making that contract look like a bargain. He's got your boy Mitch Marner, of course, 16-game point streak. Shane Gostaspare, who's found himself a nice home in Arizona. Of course, we've said that a lot. So he's got some real game breakers. And uh, I, I was looking at the points afterwards, and holy jeez. If it weren't for Jeff Skinner, it would have been way worse. Because I think the final was around 180 to, to 155 or so. Um, so, yeah. The uh, the win streak is over for uh, for Sunnyvale. Shook things up in in a big way today, and and uh, we'll keep moving forward. So there we go. All right, hold on. Before we get into the actual meat of the episode, I don't yeah. want to pile on to Harper too much in one episode. <laughs> but here you go. <laughs> but I had a reminder set on my phone to go off this morning from last week. This has nothing to do with the trade. I kind of wish the trade didn't happen because now we're shitting on Harper twice in one episode. But I've got a question for Harper Cody. I just want to read off a little chat to you guys just real quickly. Okay. Alan and Mansky, did you see that release from TT? Alan, he's going to be a bargain. Oh, jeez. Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, and that Yoki Haru guy, whatever guy, fire. Harper replies with, is Tage Thompson the next Mario Lemieux? <laughs> 
No emoticons. I forgot about that. Nothing. No sense of sarcasm. Just a dead, honest question. Is Paige Thompson the next Mario Lemieux? I I was befuddled reading that. I was by myself, and I wanted to, like, look to the next person and be like, what the fuck? Okay, okay. Oh I should have I should have rephrased that a little bit. Is Tage Thompson looking very similar to Mary Lola, to Mario Lemieux? And guys, I know that I'm not the only one who believes this. With the Mary Lola, Lemieux, hold on, hold on, hold on. There is an argument. What? There is an argument. That that he that Tage looks like a shade of Mario Lemieux out there right now with the size and speed and hands and his release just and and then you go and watch some highlights of Mario Lemieux which I obviously did and compare the two <laughs> dude I'm telling you like obviously he's he's not going to end up being like Mario Lemieux so I should have rephrased that or whatever the, my god I'm looking like an, an idiot and on this often, like an often made argument is that Mario Lemieux if he got to play a full career would be the best hockey player ever better than Gretzky that's an argument that a lot of people make yes Tage Thompson and, and same that's, player that is not and Believe me, I am not trying to make an argument to say that Tage Thompson's going to be one of the best players ever, but I should have rephrased that. I will, I will, uh, I'll, I'll say that, and uh, that he, he's got a lot of his characteristics. I, I, I but, really feel that he does, and I yeah. know I'm not the only one to say that. I've talked to some other, some other guys, and watching him just with the size, the speed, the hands the release and everything um, and and the way that he's really grown into this dominant player th- there are some there are some similarities there so anyway i just quickly I totally wanted to to, that, to point out like the first handful of seasons uh mario Lemieux, <laughs> first season rookie season 100 points uh second season 141 <laughs> then 107 168 after that 199 points 85 <laughs> goals in 76 games tage thompson on the other hand nine points um let's see 12 points uh zero points in one game that year uh 14 points 68 Last year, we'll remember that one. Yeah, and he shot twenty percent so all year. year. He's on pace for uh, one hundred and one this year. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, Chad, you say that, and you were ripping on him before the season started and early on. And has he slowed down at all? No. Like at this point, okay. That that seven year contract is looking like a goddamn bargain right could, now. Could we maybe it has, say it hasn't like even started yet? Could we maybe say like Rick Nash or like? I don't know anyone else that was a big yeah, player with a, a good different, shot. Pick a different power forward esque player with some skill, like Rick. There's Nash, a good portion Rick of Nash the population of people from the age 35 to 60 that would want to punch you in the face if you said that to them in front of their face. <laughs> well, so Harp, I just want to I want to clarify you. You're saying that the comparison is it, like I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here, okay? okay and I want to clarify. You you are saying that he looks like him on the ice because of his hands, because of his size, because of his shot, correct? You're not saying that he's going to produce the same way as Mario Lemieux, who no. had 199 points in a season. Right? Exactly. Now, do I okay. think do I think that Tage Thompson could end up being and and very well 
maybe this season he's looking like it. Do I think that he could be close to a point a game player every season? Yes, I do. I think that's fair. I think that I think that's fair too. But I'm not going to text anyone that he's the next Mario Lemieux. And again, I (laughs) should have rephrased that. But I tell you, and you know, Case, you mentioned that demographic in there that some of them that want to, you know, punch me in the face for for saying that. (laughs) Well, who do you think I heard it from in the first place? Guys within that demographic that watched Mario Lemieux that are saying this stuff. And oh. so, and and then I looked into it myself, and oh man, like the, like yes, he's not going to be the next Mario Lemieux, but there are just so many similarities there, and just the way that he's grown into his body, he's looking like that dominant force that Mario was with the size and speed and skill. Anyway. It's like spilling a beer in a swimming pool and saying you're it's a beer now. <laughs> it's a beer pool. It's a beer pool. Uh, I'll say this as we wrap up on the Mario Lemieux comparison to Tage Thompson. Uh, I'm going to title this as a short video on YouTube, and I'm going to caption it, or I'm going to title it, Is Tage Thompson the next Mario Lemieux? And if you've watched this far, I just want to say, gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Last thing I'll say before we move on to our main topic for the episode is just when you guys have a few minutes, just... Do a little comparison. Go on YouTube, watch some some Tage highlights, watch watch some Mario highlights, and just kind of look at the two a little bit, okay? That's that's all I ask. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our main topic now, and uh, we're... We're already a quarter through of the uh, of the way through the NHL season, as I mentioned right off the top, fellas. And so, naturally, there's going to be those conversations about early award winners. And so, we're going to be talking about uh, early front runners for the Norris Trophy for best defenseman in the NHL a quarter of the way through. So, uh, Case, I uh, I have a feeling... Or we both have a feeling of of who you're going to be talking about. So why don't we start with you first? Yeah, as you can see, I'm wearing a San Jose Sharks jersey. And that's because I don't have a Colorado Avalanche jersey. I'm going to go with the smart pick is still Kale McCarr. He is just the GOAT on the back end currently, man. He's expect, he, They're expected to score 66.1% of the goals when he's on the ice. And he has the most share of ice time in the entire league. He's played five games less than Eric Carlson. I think in those five games that he makes up, he scores over a point per game and catches Carlson in no time. I love the season that Eric Carlson's having, like 3.31 points per 60. That's unbelievable. 13 primary assists. He's already in the double digits for goals. Unbelievable. There's a couple things going against him, though, and that's 6.7 goals above expected. He's kind of playing above his shooting caliber. Uh, His shot percentage, speaking of that, is 16.4%. I don't know how sustainable that is as a defenseman like you're shooting from the blue line you're not expected to shoot or score 16.4 percent of the time and one thing that i want to bring up also going against eric carlson and this is a stat that i tried to google and couldn't find it so i had to do some dirty digging here it took me a while i had to go back through the standings for the last 40 years and i tried to look up the last time a non-playoff um team had a norris trophy winner and that was never 
I could not find it. I went back to 79-80, and there was not one Norris Trophy winner that missed the playoffs, and currently Eric Carlson's team is on pace to do so. So this is a guy that's scoring a lot of points on an under over sorry on an underperforming team i think that something has to give and he might come back down to earth a little bit that being said he'll be in the f- top five for this trophy for sure top three in my mind like by the end of the year there's still a lot of games left but i still think he'll be there but cam mccarr man that guy is so good i i can't imagine him not winning i think he's still the favorite uh the vegas favorite so you know i feel a bit like a sucker picking him but in my mind, it's a no doubter, and I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is on a bet as well. Yeah, case great pick. That's kind of how I structured mine too. Like we're we're picking a couple guys here, like one who we think has a good shot at winning, and one guy who could be a bit of a dark horse pick. And when you said that you're willing to put money on Macar, that's what it came down to for me as well. When I was thinking about the players I was going to pick, it was like. Who do I feel comfortable putting a tenner on, a, a, you know, a, a $20 bill on? Who do I feel comfortable betting on? And uh, Kale McCarr for the Norris Trophy is always a guy I'm going to feel comfortable betting yeah. on. He said he's number one in Vegas odds currently still, um, even though Eric Carlson is off to an incredible start to the season. Um, so, yeah, that that's a good pick there. McCarr, more- like, it's funny that... Yeah. Go no, go ahead. Okay, just one one more stat that I kind of wanted to point out in in heavy favor of Cal McCarr and actually probably in heavy favor of the guy that Heart Dog is going to bring up here, but the on-ice goal differential for Cal McCarr is plus 20 and it's plus 10 for Eric Carlson and that's just a product of his team currently. So when you're going to be scored on more than you know the the other guys i'm trying to phrase this properly but it doesn't bode well for a norris trophy vote even though all they care about is points for some reason like that's the elephant in the room we have to talk about every time is that i didn't even look at any defensive stats when i when i went to this topic and did some research because it just doesn't matter anymore don't know it really doesn't no it really doesn't they should have two trophies we say this every year best offensive defenseman best true defenseman they should be two separate trophies but back to kill mccarr like i was saying it's kind of funny that we've almost like hardly talked about him this year yet he's quietly over a point per game yet again as a defenseman and he's just night in night out you know you know exactly what you're going to get from the guy He's a perennial contender for this award. It's only a matter of time before, you know, he wins it again. I, and it could I be think he'll season. be the the first guy to win it back to back since uh, Nick Lindstrom back in oh seven oh eight. Yeah, like for, uh, it's and it'll be impressive. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's Kale McCarr. Um, I I truly thought you were going to bring up Eric Carlson with the jersey. That was a yeah. nice little bait and switch there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and and I was I was actually between three guys. I am I have one dark horse, but I was between three that I would be comfortable betting on. You brought up one of them, Casey. That was Kale McCarr. Harper, I have a feeling you're going to bring up the other player who I would be comfortable placing a bet on and get some good value at for the Norris Trophy win. So I'll talk about the third player that I considered that I would be comfortable betting on, um, and that's Eric Carlson. Like He's a clear favorite right now. It's something I didn't know, Case, that you brought up that there hasn't been a single winner of this trophy 
on a team who hasn't made the playoffs. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Like that, you normally hear that about the Hart Trophy. You know, like there's never been a Hart Trophy winner um, who missed the playoffs in that year. Um, but I guess the Norris, like it's a, a bit of like recency bias, I guess, because you look at like how the team is doing currently as opposed to like how the team has done in the past. And that's usually how the Norris is given out. It's like how good a guy has been over the last couple of years. And is it his time yet? And we can get into that. Like, it's not really fair how they do it that way, but that's it's honestly like the hall of fame where they're like, ah, this guy's been waiting around a while. We'll get him in there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Except for Alex McGilmy, who is still not a hall of famer, but uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Eric Carlson. He's got 11 goals, 21 assists for 32 points through 24 games as a defenseman. Uh, 20 of those points have come at even strength, which is ridiculous at five on five. He leads all defensemen in goals, points takeaways to shot attempts um he has a 58 percent coursey percentage and like i said his production is coming largely at five on five which is extremely impressive for a guy playing on a team that frankly is just not very good uh the one knock i had against carlson case that i don't believe you brought up is that he's second in giveaways in the nhl um yeah, he's fourth in takeaways yeah it, exactly and number one among uh, defenseman. So I, I think both of those numbers are inflated just based on how much he plays per night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, top D men are usually in the top, you, you know, like number one D men usually consist of, I would say like eight of the top 15 players in, in most giveaways because they're just on the ice so much and things. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be a stat that the guys who pass the puck the most are going to give the puck away the most. <laughs> exactly. It's inevitable. But with all, with all that being said, I think we're seeing the resurgence of prime Eric Carlson, and that's my pick to win the Norris Trophy this year. I would love to see it, and if there's a chance that uh, the Sharks could squeak into the playoffs, uh, you know I'll be hammering some money on Eric Carlson. He will. Um, he'll put himself in fifth in all-time Norris Trophy winners right? with another win this year. It'll be his third. That will tie him with Chelios, Coffee, Pillow, and Dennis Puffin. So that'd be pretty impressive. One thing that I could see happening and definitely helping him out with this trophy and maybe negating my stat is a trade deadline trade or earlier if teams are really, really uh, horny for him. I didn't even think about that. And also with the number of Norris trophies that he's won, what year was it that he got absolutely robbed? Like he had more points. He was better defensively and like he got absolutely robbed for the Norris trophy. And like almost every analytics page on Instagram will point to that year. And I forgive me, I forget exactly what year it is, but they point to that year and say, this is like unequivocally the most wrong the NHL has been about a trophy. And it's Eric Carlson getting snubbed for the, the Norris that year. So maybe that's, you know, maybe people remember that and they look back and think maybe he does deserve another one. No, it's a, it's a great pick. He's been incredible. And, and I think, um, you know, just going back to Kale McCarr for a second, I think I, I agree that we haven't talked about him very much this year and that he's been kind of flying under the radar because all the buzz I think has been about Eric Carlson and what he is doing at the age that he's at and just this resurgence that he has. He looks like the old Eric Carlson in Ottawa, honestly. And um, 
but it's great to see. It's just too bad that he doesn't play on a very good hockey team, but he's been he's been absolutely lights out. And I watched him a little bit last night in that San Jose-Vancouver game just because I wanted to get a look at the Canucks, who's miraculously back in the playoff hunt now after just a terrible <laughs> Aren't they start. like four points out or something right now? After just being terrible, like for the first yeah. month of the season, yeah, uh, the yeah, West I don't sucks, know, man. Bruce Boudreaux, but anyway, um, and and just he he makes it look so easy out there, and again, he just he looks like old Carlson, and it's just so impressive um, with his age and the team that he's on. And I do think another big factor here, guys, is that you look at that San Jose blue line there. And with Brent Burns gone, like, he's the guy. It's Mm -hmm. him. And so I really think that he thrives in a situation where he is the true, clear-cut, number one guy. And, uh, you know, not anyone else looking over his shoulder, not kind of sharing that that blue line with with another star or whatever man that blue line is his in san jose and he's having a dynamite year it's been great to watch i've got your stat for you there chad it was 2015 2016 carlson had 82 points 66 assists in 82 games and he lost to drew doughty that year who had 52 points in 82 games 51 points in 82 games and like okay we just mentioned how it's kind of dumb that it's a points race but at the same time if that's how if that's the precedent that's been set he should have won that year plus like like i said analytics accounts will point to that year and tell you that he was better across the board in in the advanced numbers too so doubty won that year too by the way so maybe that had 2015 really 2015 2016 Wow. Wow. I didn't know we had a heart trophy. That shocks me. He has two. I didn't know Three. that either. Fuck. Four. No. Am I wrong? No. No. He, he does not have four. What is That's hockey reference have, saying? I don't. We'll have to. Maybe <laughs> votes. <laughs> like oh, heart trophy. That's votes. the placing. Okay. My bad. That. I just oh, misread that. Okay. He was 11th in the heart voting. Oh, I saw okay. one I saw one beside the heart. I didn't see it said 11, but yeah, my bad. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to clarify that. Back, <laughs> back to Makar again. Yeah. There's a guy right there that one year is going to win both the Norris and the Hart Trophy. Like, could you guys see that yourselves? Dude, oh. he could win the Art Ross and it wouldn't shock me. Like, yeah. He's that good. If he they is. played him on the wing one year, like just for just for shits, he'd win the Art Ross. Why not? Oh my gosh! No, he's <laughs> he's incredible. Anyway, Makar and uh, and Carlson, great picks again. Case, nice little uh, nice little bait there, and and then switching it up on us. So that was good. Uh, but uh, guys, I've got my Sabers hat on. I have to go with with my guy in Buffalo, and that's Rasmus Dahlin, who has finally arrived and is finally showing why he was a number one overall pick in that 2018 draft and i know you guys had a great debate about um you know between Dowling and and jack hughes the the first overall picks in 18 and 19 and so um you know that that was great but Two fantastic players by the way but uh, you know as far as the norris trophy is concerned Dowling's 
got an outside shot at it, looking at the Vegas odds, and uh, 23 points in 20 games now. The thing for me is, is that he's scoring more goals. He's scored more goals this year so far, and his plus-minus is a lot better than it has been in the last couple of years. Look, Buffalo rides him hard. He's the number one guy on that blue line. Uh, but he has shown that he is up to the task, especially this year. He's got the points to prove it. And uh, this guy's got a mean streak to him as well, guys. Like, he can get nasty. And I know that that really doesn't have anything to do with points or whatever, but this guy competes really hard. He wants to win. And when Buffalo is finally ready to, um, you know, be in that, contender kind of stage he's going to be a big part of that and that next contract is going to be huge after he finishes his last uh last year of that deal at six million dollars so um he's looked great finally nice to see him coming into his own showing why he was a number one overall pick and showing that uh this guy could win a norris trophy and be one of the top defensemen in the league and i gotta tell you just a point about Buffalo, I think that potentially we could have a couple of Norris Trophy winners on that back end because Owen Power is, has looked pretty fantastic as well in his rookie season. And the other thing about Dowling that I think um, has really helped him is Don Granato and the way that he's coached him. Like, you look at the disastrous coaches that he had before in Phil Housley and especially Ralph Kruger. Like, he looked afraid to be himself out there. And you see him now. He's, he's such a smooth skater. You guys have seen him. He's so good with the puck and making plays. His poise is unbelievable and everything. And that's how he has to play. He has to have a coach that believes in him and, and just give him the green light to go. And that's one of the first things that Don Granado did as soon as he got the job. And... It's benefited Dowling. So, anyway, he's on pace for a career year here. Um, I don't expect him to keep up this, you know, over a, a point, um, you know, over a point per game pace, but this will be a career year for him. And it's, it's finally nice to see him come into his own. Another kind of like underrated thing that you have to respect about this guy is. Um, his longevity and the way he can play because Harp expects that he's going to be playing in his fifties, maybe sixties when Buffalo was a contender. So that's something you <laughs> have to keep in mind. Like, that's something that sure that doesn't show up in the stats, but that, that matters to teams. <laughs> Jeez, Harp, Harp, you must've been, you must've been like praying. You didn't call to get called to the front of the class when I was talking about him in the first overall uh, topic there, eh? You're, you're hiding a little pitch tent down under the desk because <laughs> no one no one has pepped up Rasmus Dahlin as much as I did on the first overall uh conversation there and maybe it was because I didn't want to pick Jack but it was also because I honestly think this guy is having a monster year and he's been so impressive there's a lot of people that will maybe say oh he's got more goals than he, he has expected but he also has the highest expected goals out of any defenseman in the entire league the only guy who's close to him is Brandon Montour thank you very much for my fantasy team uh, but yeah, Dalene, I watched him the other night. They played the Devils. And well, first of all, that mean streak you're talking about, he overhand like lumber 
cut and chopped Dawson Mercer right across the stick, shattered his stick in half, didn't get a penalty, and then shoves him away. And I was like, okay, the, he looks like the like he looks like he'd be the face of an ice cream company. Like he's just like <laughs> so sweet looking, but man, he does play a little pissed off, he's often, dirty. especially when he's playing against Austin Matthews. But yeah, oh, he, yeah, he had a couple sprees there that. He just kind of got the puck. He got in deep on the Devils, made a nifty little move, got himself to the crease, and had a chance. And he has the highest high danger scoring opportunities out of any defenseman. And it's easy to see. The one more thing that I said about to Chad when we were watching that game, and this might hurt him in the Norris, I don't know, but he is unnoticeable until he's noticeable. Like he's totally unnoticeable all game until these big high danger scoring chances happen. And maybe that's a good thing as a defenseman. If you're not being noticed, it's because you're not getting scored on and it, it's yeah. like fly under the radar type hockey. But then he gets the pocket, he goes on a rush and you're like, okay, he's the best guy on the ice right now. And it, it's just flashes like that with him. So I, I'd, I'd like to see him. You say he's unlocked part of his game under the new coach. Well, I think there's even more to be unlocked there where he is just, that that full steam ahead type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Dalene is a great pick. That was the third guy that I was considering talking about because the harp you know, like Dalene is my favorite saber. He has been since he was drafted. I loved the guy up until the draft, leading up to the 2018 draft, because I would see his highlights from Sweden, and he was just incredible, the way he hand, handles the puck and, you know, dances around defenders and whatever. Like, I, I just love the way he plays. He's fearless, and I like the comment you made about the two previous coaches, Housley and Granado, who, did, he didn't really seem like himself. Housley and Kruger. So, sorry, Kruger. Yep. And, by the way, I wanted to say when you were talking about Kruger, um, you liked him at the time, and both Casey and I said that that was kind of a dumb move to hire him because he had no experience, and it was odd. But anyways, uh, he he looked he looked not like himself, um, but now he looks like himself this season for sure, and I absolutely love it. Leading the league among defensemen in expected goals, case like you mentioned. Um, although he's barely scoring above his expected goals. So that's something that you love to see among, you know, defensemen, I guess, but also just anyone in the league. You like to see their expected goals pretty much on par with what they're scoring so that you don't expect, you know, a crazy slump upcoming or or the opposite. So it's nice to see that. Uh, he also doesn't have as many secondary assists as a lot of the other front runners. Uh, you know, a guy we haven't even talked about is Adam Fox, who is having an incredible season. He's currently second in scoring among defensemen. And uh, Dalene has fewer secondary assists, so that's a good thing. We know that those aren't as repeatable um, in, in terms of scoring. He's fifth among D in shots on goal. 58% Corsi on a team like the Sabres, who has a 52% team Corsi, so he's outperforming that by uh, quite a bit. And the one thing that I thought was really impressive, in case I think you were going to bring this up when you were talking about Eric Carlson and Kale McCarr to, to kick it off, but Dalene's on-ice goal differential is plus 21 on the, a Buffalo Sabres team that for lack of a better word, over the past month has just been terrible. He's a plus 21. He plays the most minutes on it on the team, and he's consistently making good things happen when he's on the ice. So plus 21 goal differential. 
just exactly yeah, goal differential plus minus in case no no I wasn't paying attention no no so good good to clarify that plus 21 on ice goal differential so i think of the three players that we picked you know to, to win the norris kale mccarr eric carlson and rasmus dalin i think dalin might be the most important to his team. I think we can all agree that Kale McCarr is the best player of the three. He might be the best player in the league one day, and he's probably top three right now. Um, and Eric Carlson, you know, he is probably the best player on his team this year, but they're not very good. Um, but in terms of most important to their team, I think Rasmus Dalin is a clear-cut number one between the three of them. He has been so important for this team. He's been so good. And again, if I'm putting money on on three guys, you know, those are the three. And Dalene, I don't think is a dark horse at all. I think he's right no. in the mix. Yeah, I love it. Sure. And I think uh, the the guy that you have as a partner makes a big difference as well. And and you look at uh, you know all three guys that that we talked about um, that that have great D partners. I mean, maybe not Carlson, like, you know, just because he, he can just do so much on his own. I mean, you know, like Mario Ferraro would be a good a good guy to play with, and I don't know exactly who he's been playing with most of the time on that Sharks blue line, but, you know, for uh, for Darlene, I think uh, Matias Samuelson makes, makes life easier for him out on the ice, and I think that that was probably one of the main reasons why he got that big extension so early on that was kind of a head scratcher for for a lot of us uh but you know a a good a good d partner who just doesn't get really noticed a lot but does those simple things and plays defensively really well to let a guy like rasmus have the freedom to do him is really important as well. So yeah, happy to see it. It's it's about time, and uh, he's he's a big part of the team, and he deserves it. That's for sure. Carlson plays with uh, Jacob Magna. Yes, I was going to say that. So he has like over two hundred minutes with him. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I also pulled that. Oh, up, I, I looked at Money Pocket, and I just kind of like scrolled the minutes up. I saw Magna Carlson was like two hundred and seventy six minutes together. I was like, well, that there's your answer, I guess. I mean, that was he, he really can play with anyone. I don't really yeah, know much about was, Jacob Magna, but that was the other guy who I was who I was thinking of, and um, he he's not bad, really. Like he's probably like a third pair defender, but the guy's massive. Man, it's like Jan Ruda playing with yeah Victor Hedman for so long. It's like yeah, exactly. you just got to play safe for this guy who is a superstar okay yeah. sounds good yeah. legit you got to compliment the guy and he clearly does it pretty well speaking of victor hedman though that's a guy who has had an incredibly slow start to the season we mentioned we're about a quarter of the way in at this point um he's currently not quarterbacking pp1 for tampa bay and mikhail sergachev actually has emerged as maybe their number one defenseman this year in terms of his his production anyways and quarterbacking the power play um you know we think of victor hedman as a guy who is a perennial contender for this trophy and i'm sure he'll he'll get back up there but as of right now as it stands about 20 uh to 24 games into the season right now he's nowhere to be found in terms of scoring amongst defensemen and it's actually his buddy mikhail sergachev who has taken a really big step this year in the absence of uh mcdonough so he 
currently has 19 points in 20 games. Um, however, Harp, even though that was one of your arguments for being able to trade more at Cider, I would expect Sergachev's production to drop off a bit once Hedman kind of fig- figures it out and you know takes that number one power play spot back. But that being said, Sergachev is getting points at five on five, so it, it's encouraging at least. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, like, I have no problem with Hedman's points being down a little bit. Like, dude, like, no matter what, this guy is in the conversation every single year. And um, no matter how many points he puts up, he's so big, he's so strong, and he's just, he's an elite defender at the end of the day. And so, yeah, not not too worried about him. Another guy that got off to a bit of a slow start as well, just kind of an honorable mention. and. You know, the team is not really going that great, but um, has kind of come back into the conversation is Roman Yossi as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to I wanted to mention him. Um, and uh, and also the two guys in Vegas, I think, as dark horse picks, Petrangelo and Shea Theodore playing some great hockey on the back end for them. So I wanted to mention a few more guys. Quickly. Guy I hope who wins is Brandon Montour because, again, <laughs> thank you very much. He's been phenomenal. And another little shout out that the guy deserves it because he's kind of been a catalyst for this team, but is never really in this conversation is Josh Morrissey. who's having an unbelievable yes. year in Winnipeg. Yes. He might, he might have more heart trophy votes than uh, Norris trophy votes by the end of the season, because he's leading this team in points and they're second in the division, not expected to be second in that division. So how does a team with Connor, Ehlers, I know Ehlers hasn't played, but Connor, Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler, etc., etc., etc. You know, how is their team being led in points by Josh Morrishew, who, like, to be honest, if you ask me at the start of the year who I think the most important defenseman is for that team, I would have said Neil Pionk, if I'm being completely honest. I think he, like, the minutes I, I that he said, munches. I would have yeah. said Morrissey. To, Mor- to Morrissey's s- definitely there, but I'm talking about importance, you know. To I satisfy the uh, analytics nerds like myself and Chad in particular, I think Harp doesn't look at the advanced analytics as much. Oh, one that we that, all know that. <laughs> one that jumped out to me for Josh Norris or Josh Josh Norris. <laughs> Giving him the, the last name. Josh Morrissey <laughs> is net miss percentage above expected. And that is zero. He is at zero. He hits the net when he's expected to hit the net. I'd like to point out a couple other guys. Rasmus Dali, negative 16.5%. Eric Carlson, negative 7.1%. Adam Fox, negative 8.3%. Makar, negative 1.3%. So uh, I guess there's a bit of luck going towards Carlson and Dali compared to uh, Josh Morrissey, who was just hitting the net when he's supposed to hit the net. I don't know. It's a funny little stat. There's something interesting and something to be said about a guy who can get pucks on net. Like, it's not yeah. easy to do. You know, it's not easy to filter a shot through from the blue line. Not that I've done it in my playing days being a goalie, but it's not easy to do. Am I reading that stat completely wrong? I don't know. But the 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 backside of that stat that doesn't look as good, but when you add the expected it does is percent of percentage of unblocked shots that miss the net and Josh Morrissey is higher than all of those guys. Percentage of unblocked shot. Yeah, well yeah, because you said expected net miss yeah. for those other two guys was negative. 
right? So if they're yeah. if it were positive, that would mean they're missing the net more than expected, right? Yeah, but okay. it's negative, so that means they're getting it oh. on net more than expected. Yeah. So because uh, it's net, it's framed net miss, not net hits, right? So it's a bit, it's weird like that. So Jamie Alexiak couldn't hit a bull in the ass with a banjo, is what this stat is saying, because <laughs> he's plus nineteen percent. Yeah, I remember in in the old days looking through stats like that, and it was always like it would confirm the eye test a bit with with guys on the Leafs like um, uh, like Nylander, for example. He like the amount of times he comes down the wing and would just rip it wide, and it would ring all the way around. You know, like those power play shots, and then they'd have to reset. And then you go and look at his net miss percentage above expected, and it's just through the roof. It's like the guy doesn't so- hit the net. We should wrap this episode up, but just I had to look, and it's kind of funny. Uh, who do you think leads the league in ne- the farthest negative? And uh, it's a Leaf. Oh, you mean getting shots on net? Negative 22.7% net miss on, percentage above expected. Um, You'll never get it. It's Justin Hull. <laughs> I was not going to say Justin Hull. I was going to say like Cali Yarncroak or someone. Yeah, you're but, never going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's actually been pretty good recently when he's had to step up, which I like, even though he looked like he should have been in the minors earlier this year. So that's my dark horse pick is Justin Hall for the <laughs> Morris Trophy. Um, actually, I'm kidding. Final thing I wanted to say, though, uh, I just wanted to, to share some love for a couple guys here in the top 10 among defensemen in, in points. Uh, Philip Hronick has kind of been acting as a number one defenseman in Detroit. Moritz Sider has got off to a bit of a slow start, so Hronik has been the guy. He has 18 points in 20 games. And also Quinn Hughes, a guy who's always going to be in the conversation, but doesn't get as much love as uh, you know the guy that he was tied to for the longest time, and that's Kale McCarr. But Quinn Hughes, you know, currently 21 points in 18 games, so he's, he's killing it on a team that's not doing very hot. So, a couple shout-outs there. I also have a shout-out, too, for a young defenseman. This is a weird one. You guys are going to be like, what? Maybe even who? Whatever. J.J. Moser of the Arizona Coyotes has 14 points in his last 19 games. How about that? Was Was Moser a Sabre? Nope. Why? Who am I thinking of that was a Sabre? That... maybe plays in Arizona am I thinking of someone different I don't know maybe I'm just making things up at this point this episode's gone on yeah it's gone on too long but it was a a fun one yeah for sure all right well there we go we've got our uh, our early uh, season Norris Trophy uh, front runners uh, Rasmus Dahlin Eric Carlson and and Kale McCarr and uh, mentioning of of a few other guys in there as well. So thank you for uh, listening to episode 149. We'll be back with you next week for episode 150. Nice little milestone for us guys. And uh, so enjoy your week and we'll chat with you again next week. Thank you. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.